0: Welcome to Ride Every Stride, episode 33.
1: Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more, Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through the exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I'm here with Master Horseman Van Hargis. Are you ready to go, Van?
0: Miss Laura, you know me, girlfriend, I am always ready to go. Let's get this thing rolling.
1: (laughs) So, so what are, what are we talking about? What's, what's new with you? What are we talking about?
0: Well, you know, there's so much stuff new. I'm not even going to go into detail, Laura. We're just, we're just doing lots of stuff, having lots of fun and enjoying the cool weather for a change. But you know, one of my buddies called the other day and we were just joking around and clowning around about and reminiscing quite frankly. Um, And I hate to sound like we're living in the past, but man, let's face it. The past can be hilarious. Um, And, you know, as, as you know, Laura, many years ago, we used to travel literally uh, forty to forty-two weeks out of the year, going to horse expos and clinics and everything, to and, and every major horse expo you can think of. And um, along the way, you just meet some absolutely phenomenal people, and uh, and and the relationships are just hilarious sometimes and sometimes the people that you meet you just find out that sometimes they're not always that stick in the mud type guy you might see out there in the arena kind of you know doing a clinic or a presentation of some sort maybe behind the scenes say for example at the hotel room they will be just absolutely hilarious and comical and just kind of let their hair down well I'm going to share with you today one of the stories <laughs> that, uh, that happened to us when we kind of got stranded up in the Northeast at a fairly major horse expo. And just for the sake of protecting everybody, I'm not going to mention any names. And if, and if I do mention any names, believe me, they're just fictitious. But, um, so if you don't mind, Laura, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to, tell, we're going to tell a little bit of story about many years ago, and then we're going to try to tie that into maybe a little bit of a message as well. How does that sound?
1: <laughs> sounds like fun to me
0: well all right well um several years ago we we were asked to go do uh, a horse expo up in the northeast and um while we were there one of the other very prominent clinicians came to me and says hey van you better get your flight changed and get out of here as quick as you can There's supposed to be a pretty substantial uh snowstorm coming through pretty severe snowstorm coming through and if you're not out of here by mid afternoon, you're probably going to get stranded, and I politely told him. He says, "Man, I'd love to, but God, I can't. I've got. I said, well, I'm one of the closers. I've got my last presentations today is like at five o'clock, and um, and I won't be through until six, so I I, I can't change it to an earlier flight. I just have to leave tomorrow. And you know, and, that, and that's how it was. What a whole lot I could do about it. Well, sure enough, we go back to the hotel, and while we're at the hotel after the horse expo. It did exactly like he mentioned. I mean, the snow started coming down like crazy, which in a way was kind of exciting to me because, you know, from Texas, we very rarely get to see any snow. And at that time, I was living up in North Texas, you know, and we do get snow up there occasionally, but nothing like what most folks are used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing all this snow snowfall and I'm standing at the hotel window and just, just in awe. I'm just loving it. And honestly, I couldn't give a flying flip if I was flying out. The next day or not, I'm thinking "Eh, sooner or later, I'll get home. It's no big deal. I don't have to be anywhere until next weekend. Well, as it snowed, it kept snowing and it kept snowing and it kept snowing. And before you know it, I'm up there watching a guy down below on one of those snow moving machines, whatever the heck they are. And he was just working as diligently as he possibly could on trying to get all the snow moved out of this intersection And I'm just watching this guy work like crazy on this machine, just zipping back and forth and trying to push the snow out of the intersection and just trying to keep traffic going. And bless his heart, he's just going at it as hard as he could. And finally he looked back over his shoulder, and everywhere that he had just finished moving all the snow, head had already piled back up again. Mm -hmm. And it was just comical to kind of watch him. He just kind of looked and threw his hands up and just got off the machine, got on his cell phone, and he called somebody, and they come and picked him up, and he was done for the day. So in other words – They weren't able to keep up with the snowfall. Well, long story short, nobody else could in the city either. And before you know it, we were snowed in. There were no taxis moving, no buses moving. Every bit of traffic was stopped. And because that's the first time it ever happened to me, I'm – kind of excited about it and another guy that was there was kind of excited about it too because he's also from another part of the country that it didn't snow much so he and I are just having a blast and and we're probably the only ones at the hotel that had a good positive attitude about it everybody else was all depressed and what are we going to do and you know how that goes when people are kind of locked in and kind of going through their stir crazy mode and me and this other guy we're just having a blast we just thought it was hilarious Well, the sad thing is after about the third day, the hotel was no longer in a position to get new supplies. So they began to kind of run out of groceries. (laughs) And they started trying to figure out ways to feed all the people there because they couldn't get stuff brought into them. And we noticed this because the food started kind of getting to be the same and the portions started to get a little bit smaller. And then finally, one of the managers actually came out and told us, you know, that, situation is getting kind of bleak. If we don't hurry up and get you guys out of here, we're going to run out of food. Well, that just added fuel to our fire of already being kind of fired up about stuff anyway. And so we started looking for more things to do. Long story short, we started playing practical jokes on the other hotel guests and just anything that we could do. We're just being very mischievous guys, I guess you could say, and just trying to keep the mood light, right? We just wanted everybody to have fun and enjoy it. You know, there's Nothing you can do about Mother Nature sometimes. So we're just trying to get everybody to kind of understand that, hey, we're all stuck in this same thing together. You can either fuss and complain about it or you can just enjoy the moment. So we're literally running around the hotel having all this fun. And then finally, one of us got the broad idea that we wanted to go down and spend some time in the hotel hot tub. The problem is, is that we didn't have bathing suits. so <laughs> And it's not like we could go out and go shopping for them because you couldn't leave the hotel. So we just wrapped a towel around us, and goes. we go down to the hot tub, and we're not expecting to see anybody down there. We walk into the room, and there's already two guys in the hot tub. And now we're kind of feeling awkward, to say the least. We're like, well, now what do we do? And I looked over at my buddy, and without hesitation, he just dropped his towel and says, man, I come here to get in the hot tub. I'm jumping in. He drops his towel and just bebops right down to the hot tub. Well, I do the same thing. I just drop my towel and follow him right on in. Now the embarrassing thing was, is that there were two old boys already in the hot tub, and just as we're stepping into the water, one of the other guys speaks up and says, oh, so you guys forgot your your bathing suits too, did you? <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now I'm beginning to realize, man, this even got more awkward, because now there's like four naked people in this hot tub, <laughs> two of which are perfect strangers to me and this other guy. And we're like, so... Needless to say, it's hot for more reasons than one. We're kind of embarrassed. and But I look over at my buddy, and he's just sitting there as if these guys are just long-lost friends, as if he's just perfectly okay with this whole weird situation. And I just I was so amazed that he was just so relaxed about it, and the other three of us were just kind of awkward. But it was his mood and his attitude toward it that kind of broke the ice for this other guys. Well, to break the ice even more, one of the other guys looks over at us, and he says— so uh, what what do you guys do? Obviously you're stranded in the hotel too. So you know what brings you guys to this part of the town, and 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 what do you guys do? And well, we're we're just horse trainers. We're just here the big horse expo they're having in town, and we're just kind of doing our presentations here, and we kind of explain a little bit of what we do. And you could tell by the look on these guys' faces that they were not impressed at all. They were just like, oh, okay, well, good. Just you know, good old redneck country boys, I guess. And and it kind of made us feel awkward again. Well, to try to break the, the silence, I look at the guy, says, so, so tell me, wh- wh- what do you guys do? And one of them says, oh, well, we're into technology and we do this stuff. And I mean, all of a sudden he's throwing these terms at me. And you know me, Laura, I am the worst guy you'll ever want to see when it comes to technology and understanding of it. And and even the terminology with technology. I mean, I know what the send button does and and I know what a computer is. I just don't know how to operate one. And this guy's like, throwing all this stuff out at me and I'm just looking at him like I'm just as lost as a ball in high weeds. And then finally he, he he mentions something that I'm kind of aware with or aware of. And he goes, well, we're what we're here for is that we're actually going to a conference and we're going to talk about this new technology that we developed. And this new technology is actually doing away with cell phones because we think that we've got the technology reduced so small that instead of putting it into a device, we can actually implant that into the human hand. And I'm like, are you serious? Now I'll say that again. And he, he explains it all to me in great detail. He says, oh, no, we can actually put those same buttons that you would see on the face of your cell phone, and we can put those things underneath the skin, and it won't interfere with the function of your hand in the least, and you can do everything that you would normally do with your hand but yet your cell phone is in your hand. So now your hand becomes your phone. And I kind of jokingly laugh and say, well, I guess that gives a whole nother definition to speak to the hand, you know, talk to the hand. Well, he's explaining this to me and he shows this technology can even be put not just in the hand, but like in the wrist. You know, and if you look at your wrist, you can see that skin there is so thin that Almost on anyone, you can actually see the veins underneath the skin. And I know you're looking right now, Laura, so (laughs) can you see those little veins very clearly right there in your wrist and how how thin that skin is? You can see your vein very well. Well, he was saying that they could actually put LED lights and everything underneath that skin there so thin, and it just lights up just like the numbers would on on your cell phone. And I'm thinking, man, get out of town. That is just too cool for school. You, there's no way you can really do that. He says, no, I'm serious. He said, this is just amazing stuff. Well, now I'm just enthralled with everything this guy's got to say. And, of course, his partner's there disagreeing with everything he's saying and talking about it as well. And we're, we're all three just going nuts about this new technology. And I'm thinking, man, this is way cool. Well, I look over there at my buddy, and he's just as red-faced as he can be. He's just, he's just madder than a hornet. And I look at him, and I said, well, what's, what's the matter? I said, don't you find this stuff interesting? No, I've I got to go. I've got I to get out of here. So he gets up, walks out, and, of course, his naked butt's walking across the room. Luckily for us, he bends down, picks his towel up, wraps his towel around him, and he leaves. And I'm thinking, man, how rude. I can't believe he just did that. You know, just walked out in this conversation. And I and I was beginning to wonder too. Why was he upset? Why was he so angry? I mean, all this guy, all these guys were doing was just telling us a lot about what they do. And quite frankly, I found it interesting. I found it very cool. And in my mind, I'm trying to pick, picture. I want to be the first ones of these guys to have this technology in my hand. Even though I'm not a technological person, I'm thinking that would be kind of cool. Well, a little while later, I look up and here comes my buddy walking back in again. But this time, he walks in the room butt naked. But if that's not embarrassing enough, he walks in and there's like about a six foot piece of toilet paper hanging out of the crack of his butt. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, how freaking embarrassing is this? He, and I looked at him and said, hey, 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 you got you got toilet paper hanging out of your butt. He looks over there at those guys. <laughs> They just got they tell us all about this technology goes. Well looky there, boys. I must be getting the fax. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> The sad thing, Laura, that's a true story. That's the sad part about this whole thing. That's <laughs> that a true is, story.
1: That is sad, but it's yeah. But you were younger, right?
0: Oh yeah, a little this wasn't bit. Not like that. last week? No, no, it wasn't last week. It was a couple of years ago, at least. Oh, but you know, goodness. it's uh, we, number one. That whole weekend was just an absolute blast. We really did. We got trapped up in the northeast, and and a horrible uh, snowstorm came in that year. And matter of fact, they still talk about it today. How bad that snowstorm was. They still talk about it in the east, and it was just amazing. And and for me, I had never seen anything like that. I mean, yes, it was. It was. Inconvenient, You know, we had to rearrange flights and everything else, but really we made the best of a great weekend. It was a really cool weekend and which obviously the weekend got extended out through, through part of the week, but it was a really good time. But the most important thing for me is I had an opportunity to really meet some of the guys, some colleagues that I worked with, but didn't get to share much time with other than just in a professional setting. And to, to find their humor, to find some of the things that there, were their interest outside of the horse industry, was just really a great experience for me. And then also, like that one particular guy I was just mentioning there, I got to notice a lot about his competitive side. I don't think I've ever met a guy more competitive in all my life, which is exactly why he got kind of upset when these guys started talking about their technology and all of their stuff, and and he felt as if what they were doing was more important than what he did, you know, or 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 kind of looked at it that way. And I don't I didn't take it that way at all. I didn't feel like these guys were trying to one up us. I just felt like they were really sharing some cool stuff. And it was just cool stuff outside of what our knowledge and experience was. But he's so competitive, seeing he couldn't come back with a good comeback for it. You know, to say, "Well, yeah, well, we train horses and we do this and we do that," and he couldn't figure out a way to how to interject that and to get their interest. Because when we told them that we were horse trainers, they didn't sound very interested at all. And you're not gonna make somebody become interested in what you do or what you say, but you also can't take it personal. But it was kind of funny because my buddy kind of took it personal. He got up and and he you know stormed out of the room. But I guess probably somewhere along the line, and just knowing his personality, there's no doubt in my mind that after he realized, you know, that he was kind of rude about it, he thought enough to make a joke. And at the same time, his joke was also another part of the competitive spirit because it wasn't just any joke was it it was a joke about the technology and i just thought that was so funny how he so creatively came back into the room and said well looky there boys i must be getting a fax and <laughs> it was just i thought it was i thought a lot of him for for being you know, catching himself, I guess you could say. And at the same time, I, I thought a lot of him for, uh, for coming back in there and sharing the humor. And as it turned out, as awkward as the moment was, uh, having four grown men, two of which were absolute strangers, just enjoying ourselves and not being so self-aware of our lack of clothing, uh, that it really ended up being a, a good conversation and a, and a good visit, uh, despite, the, uh, despite the awkwardness.
1: Well, that, I mean, it sounds like a story you would tell, and uh, I mean, you got me with it. So, that's.
0: Well, since then, I've actually shared that story at a lot of different horse expos, and which is why we talked about it just briefly today was I, I've oftentimes just kind of introduced myself, and then I'll immediately go into this story just to kind of break the ice for folks. and uh, and, and I'm just so blessed that that situation happen. I'm able to share the story with somebody that, or with with other audiences, and then find the humor in it. And then, of course, I'd go right into my regular my regular horsemanship presentation. But I, I guess what I I know today we've we're going to kind of keep our, our podcast a little bit short today. But I wanted to tell everybody a, a lot about, or at least a little about, your attitude. You know, so many times it's it's okay to find humor in things, and it's okay to look at potentially negative situations and ask ourselves, what is so bad that makes this a bad situation? Why can't we find the good in it? And why can't we, instead of looking at our time and being so inconvenienced because of time, and utilize that time as quality time. I mean, I, I look back at that particular week again and think, you know, what an absolute blessing it turned into being. I and mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have wanted to have been the hotel managers because I'm sure they were very stressed at having guests overstay and they were running out of resources. All of those things, I'm sure, were very stressful for them. And in the beginning, it was very stressful for a lot of the guests because we had other places to be. I had to cancel a few things. But the other side of it was, it was ended up being as a great experience in the sense I really got to know people a lot better. And as weird as it may sound, I'm still looking for somebody to put some sort of LED lights in their hands or in their <laughs> wrist. <laughs> I'm waiting I mean, for that to happen. I don't think those guys were, were kidding us. I'm thinking it's going to happen someday. Yeah. So, Well, I
1: mean, I think, uh, you know, aside from being a funny story, I think there's a lesson to be learned there just in general, whether, yeah, I know this is a horsemanship podcast, but we also talk about the humanship side of it. And the fact is that we can't control Anything that goes on outside of us. We can't yeah. control our circumstances. We can't control the people in our lives. The only thing we have any control of in the whole world is what goes on between our ears. Yes. And our attitude, what we think about, how we choose to view the situations we're in. And, and this is again, it's true in our horsemanship. It's true in life in general. We get to decide how to think about the things that happen to us and about the people who come into our lives. And we can choose to think badly of it and see the worst in it. And we will get to feel miserable and unhappy as a result. Or we can choose to uh, look at things from a positive perspective and find something to be grateful for. And there is always something to be grateful for. But I, I just, you know, you guys chose to have fun in that situation, instead of sitting around the hotel lobby complaining about the fact that you were having to cancel plans and that you were stuck there in a place that you hadn't intended to be. So and there's a real lesson, important lesson, I think, to be learned there about life in general.
0: You know, what you said there too, we can't control our surroundings and our environment. I, I can't imagine how many times I've told people that at our horsemanship presentations, Laura, because so many times, uh, well, I'll give you an example. Several years ago, we were at a horse show and I was supporting one of my clients. We were at the horse show and this lady was kind of going by the rail. And as she was on, and she was showing her horse and as she's going on the rail, she's telling us, I I need all y'all to move away. I need everybody to get away from this, get away from the arena. And I asked her a little while later when she comes by, says, ma'am, why do you need us to move? And keep in mind, she's competing, but I couldn't understand why she's yelling at us to get away from the rail. Because the, the way the facility was, there were a lot of people around the rail. Well, after the after her class, she came over and told us, well, the reason I wanted you to whip from the rail is because my horse hadn't been to town before. And I, I didn't want y'all to mess my horse up. I didn't want anybody around. And I couldn't help but to to wonder, well, man, she wasn't really very prepared, was she? Because rather it be us or somebody else, you really can't control the environment. You can only control what goes on. What I tell people in our horsemanship deals, you can only control what goes on with you and your horse. You can't control anything else. Yeah. And instead, if, if I would have been her, since it would have been obviously her first horse show to carry her horse to town, I would have had the opposite thought. I would have been very grateful that the people were – In the stands or in the area around the arena because I'm thinking, man, what a great experience for my horse. It gives the horse an opportunity to get used to these other distractions and yet stay focused on its job. And there's so many times that I see people that are so concerned about the outside world instead of what's going on with ourselves. And they get so wrapped up into those elements in which they can't control that they really let that attitude toward those obstacles, control what goes on with their mood inside. And I'm thinking, man, yeah. what a shame that is. And, and you know, I think you've heard me say before, too, about attachment. And what I mean by attachment is I think every one of us need to make a plan. We need to make goals. We need to set reasonable uh, expectations and goals for ourselves. But the reality is we cannot get attached to those because if we get attached to them, what happens if something comes up that changes our pathway to that goal? And then before you know it, we're all upset and angry and frustrated because we're not getting where we want to go. The reality is you can't control those obstacles. You can't control those things. But it doesn't mean that your goal isn't still there. It doesn't mean that your objectives aren't still there. It just means that the route you take to those might be slightly different. For example, I still ended up back in Sulphur Springs, Texas after that long weekend and that horrific snowstorm. Yeah. I just didn't get there when I thought I was going to. There was other plans and stage that were way beyond my control. I could have raised as much hell as you can imagine, and I could have raised a big old fit and fuss about it. And there was no way the hotel manager or the airlines or those guys down there trying to clear out that street, there was no way they were going to get me home any quicker.
1: Yeah, and you could have fixated on all of that and lost an opportunity to have a little fun to yeah. get to know a colleague a little better and you were in the situation like you were talking about at the horse show she was focusing so much on the people on the rail that she couldn't have been paying sufficient attention to what her horse was doing uh, because she was so busy worrying about what y'all were doing and exactly. I, it's, there's just so much truth in that that um, and and this is a lesson I continue to have to learn to stop looking out there for what the problem is. The problem's in my head, and I can't control what anybody else is doing, but I can control what I think about it and what I do, you know what goes on in my own head. Yeah. And that's going to be true, you know, in a situation like you were talking about, and you've talked. I've heard you talk about similar kinds of things before. That uh, to me, this is the whole point. If you want to if you've got a listener who wants to compete on their horse in in whatever kind of event, the more you prepare yourself and the more you prepare your horse so that your horse trusts you and is going to listen to you, then it doesn't matter what's going on around you because you've taught your horse to look to you. Okay, I haven't seen this before. Van, what am I supposed to do now? Instead of the horse worrying about all that stuff out there that's part of developing that relationship and the training program. Cause I've heard you talk about this, that, right. you know, you develop that trust between you and your horse so that when the unexpected comes, because it will come at some point, your horse is going to look to you and you can take care of the situation regardless of what's going on around you.
0: And, you know, and sometimes that relationship can be sh- brief and short. Sometimes it can be extended. Of course, the longer the extension, the greater opportunity for us to solidify that trust relationship. But I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I was up in Mitchell, South Dakota, and I was up there doing some stuff with Perina Mills. And uh, one of the things that I was doing for them was a cult starting demonstration. And I had got this horse that I was working with. And long story short, put it through the works that I normally would do through a typical cult starting. And I'm talking my way through it so the audience can understand what it is that I'm trying to achieve. And... To me, Laura, the most frightful time, and I've done this so many times, it's not even funny, but I'd I'd be lying to people if I said, when I put my left foot in the stirrup and I get ready to go from the ground to the saddle for the first time, no matter how prepared that I think that horse is, that is still a very scary moment for me. That's still a very unpredictable moment for me when my right foot leaves the ground and it goes up and toward the saddle and gets ready to swing over the, the saddle for the first time. Well up there in mitchell i had worked very diligently to get this horse prepared for the first ride he was a great cult to work with everything was working out just textbook perfect and this particular expo was outdoors and it had a whole lot of other outdoor activities going on and in other words it wasn't just me there and the whole world didn't stop because i was doing my presentation and so the, all this other activities going on and this horse had done a great job in staying focused on me. we had worked very hard in developing that, that relationship. Well, just as I put my left foot in the stirrup and I go to push up to go over and into the saddle, in other words, just as my right foot began to leave the ground, right about the time my foot come over the horse's back to get in the, into the saddle, a kid had thrown a Frisbee from a great distance away and I could see the frisbee coming toward me and it was floating down and it landed right in front of that horse. Right in front of that young colt that was gonna have a rider on it for the very first time. Matter of fact the process was already started. I was already going up into the saddle and here comes this frisbee flying in. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I just want this to work out pretty good, but I have no idea what's about to happen. Not only was the, predict- the situation already unpredictable, but now we've got another outside source coming into it. And luckily, I put my leg over the horse. The Frisbee landed on the ground. I pet the horse on the neck, and it was as uneventful as you could possibly imagine. It, everything just worked out to a well, when everybody realized that I was in the saddle, everything was okay. And I guess they saw that big, deep sigh of relief that I released and just, went, Oh my gosh, that could have been bad. Well, then the audience finally laughed and kind of cut up with me. And all I could think of was what, man, that could have been really, really bad. But you see, if I would have been at home, I might have been able to not have to worry about Frisbees flying about and all these other things that are out of my control. But the reality is, is that even if I was home, what if that had been a bird flying by? In other words, it could have been anything. That Frisbee just represented, in my mind, the lack of control that we really have about our environment. We yeah. can't control it. I did everything that I could do. Everything that I was in control of was like you said before. I could only control my thoughts. My thoughts control my actions. And my actions that day were very predictable in working with this horse. We were getting predictable behaviors back out of this horse. And just when I thought everything was going to work off without a hitch, here comes this darn Frisbee. Yeah. And luckily, the horse handled it very well. And we were able to make a joke out of it. And the audience enjoyed it as well. But but that is that can happen to us at any given moment. And what makes it good or bad is our attitude and our perception of it. And I guess, you know, it's no secret, I'm a Christian and have been for very many years. And in my journey of Christianity and in my journey with horsemanship, I've learned that so many times situations are going to be presented to us. And so many times I realize that those are nothing more than just lessons that are presented to us in such a way that if we choose to look at them as lessons and we realize that there is a lesson in this situation, and if I can go away a better man, a better woman, a better horseman, a better leader because of that lesson, and not if, you have to have faith that you're going to go away a better person because of that experience. And I honestly, Laura, I have to believe that because it makes some of the negative things we have to go through in our life worth it. To know that at the end there's going to be some guy walk in the room with a big long piece of toilet paper hanging out of a crack of his butt. <laughs>
1: okay, that's wondering where I, how I was going to tie went. that
0: back in there. Didn't you?
1: Yeah, I was not where I thought you were going with that, but okay, it's your show.
0: Yeah. But the point is, is that those things were going to happen to us, and the reality is it's just how we choose to look at them, you yeah. know? We can look at them and just think how darn bad they are, or we can look at them and think, man, thank God for that experience, because I'm a better person for it, or something good happened from that experience.
1: Yeah, and it it kind of, uh, as we wrap up, it makes me, what you were just saying, reminds me of a quote that I read recently. Or somebody said, your past has prepared you for today, but it does not define you. You and, betcha. And I think all the experiences that we go through prepare us for what's coming next. And and to have that attitude about it is a lot more productive. And I'm kind of a productivity person. It's a lot more productive attitude to have than to complain and lament these, you know, whatever it is that's happening to us, whether good, bad, or indifferent. So a lot to be said there, a lot of thoughts there, pulled out of a Very interesting story that you shared with us, Van. So, uh, thanks for that. I, uh, it may be that some listeners have some questions or some thoughts about that, and I know you would love to hear them. So we invite listeners to offer their feedback on this episode and on the show in general. There, you can share your comments in the show notes for this episode, which you find on the website for Van Hargis Horsemanship, and that's at vanhargis.com pretty easy to find, pretty easy to remember. You can also share your comments and your questions and your suggestions on the Facebook page uh, for Van Hargis Horsemanship. So if you just look for Van Hargis Horsemanship uh, on Facebook, you'll find that and join the conversation there. If you have thoughts or suggestions, ideas that you want to share with Van privately rather than on a public forum, you can do that by emailing him at info at vanhargis.com and he'll be sure to read that and respond. If we could ask a favor, if you enjoy this show, we'd love it if you'd help us enlarge the community by sharing the podcast with the people that you know. You can tell your friends about it, show them how to subscribe, where to find it on their phones or in their computer. And consider leaving a review of the show in iTunes. That's really helpful to Van to see the feedback, what's working, what's not working, so he can make the show really useful to you uh, as a listener. And it also helps make the show more visible to others who might be looking for some advice and some help on horsemanship and maybe a funny joke now and then. Van, you've got a couple upcoming events. Uh, this, as this episode is, um, gonna be published, it'll be the beginning of December. And you've got a couple things coming up in January after the first of the year. Isn't that right?
0: Absolutely. Well, first of all, we've got the the one key event that's going to be really cool and really fun to do. Uh, it's in January, of course. It's the uh, the Denver Market. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Denver Market is, uh, it's also called WISA, which is a Western English um, sales association, I think it is. But it happens every year in Denver, Colorado. And it's we, we just kind of call it the Denver Market and have for years. But if you can imagine... Imagine Laura going into a Western store or a co-op of some sort—you know, any place that sells horse feed and, and Western clothing, tack, and all that. If you can imagine going into one of those stores, and that everything in there was at one time marketed through the Denver market then that's what the Denver market is. It's like where all the buyers of all the retail stores go and shop, if you will, for all the things that they're going to stock their stores with for this the following year. And uh, this is the second year that I've been asked to go and be a keynote speaker there. And what we're going to be speaking about this year are those four key questions that I always tell everybody to be very keenly aware of. Uh, That's what the topic is going to be, and we're going to be talking about those questions and and those questions leading to our Trail to Success. But we encourage everybody, if you're going to be in the Denver area, stop by, say hello to us, come visit us there. Uh, When we're not going to be in the arena area doing the the keynote speaking, then of course we're going to be walking around and visiting various sponsors and promoting products and that sort of thing. So really encourage people to come and see us there. Also in January, we've got a couple – Actually, a couple of different clinics that we've got scheduled. Honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head what those specific dates are. But if they'll, anybody interested that's going to be in the northeast Texas area, because that's where both of these clinics are going to be, if they want to go to the website, if you don't see it on the website yet, we just because we haven't solidified all the dates and the times. But they can send us an email. We'll be more than happy to send them out a personal invitation to come to the uh, come to the clinic. But we do know that they're going to be in the Northeast Texas area, around the Lindale, Texas area. So we really encourage anybody that's in that part of the country that's interested in coming to watch and listen to one of our clinics and participate with us to come and enjoy it with us and share the weekend with us. And uh, and until the details are posted on the website, they can always just send me an email, and, uh, and we'll give them as much information about that as we possibly can.
1: Sure. So hopefully by the time this episode gets published, it'll be up on the website at vanhargis.com. Just look for Van's calendar there and you'll see all the information about these events. Otherwise, send an email to info at vanhargis.com and let them know you want more info when it's available. They'll put you on that list. Uh, Lots of other things on the website for you to check out while you're there. Certainly visit the store because if you're listening to this at the beginning of December, you may find a Christmas gift there in the uh, Van Hargis Horsemanship Online Store. Tons of great stuff available there. And if you want to get a real bargain, that is, buy one of those great products at a discount, consider checking out Van Hargis's Top Hand Club. That's the membership site that you pay a uh, very reasonable monthly fee to get access to among other things a an ever growing library of video tutorials where van is demonstrating different things that we talk about on the show but that he can show more uh, by video uh, any pretty much anything you can think of it's there they're adding new ones all the time uh, you also get other benefits by being a member of the top hand club, including, as I said, a great discount on the products in the store. And right now, if you get in kind of on the ground floor and are a charter member of the Van Hargis Club, you're going to pay only $4.95 a month to have access to all these benefits. And there's more information about what those benefits are, on the website, but you'll pay literally, you know, four ninety five a month for as long as you're a member of the of the group. As long as you you know have continuously stay a member of the club, uh, the price is going to go up pretty significantly in the months to come. So now's the time to get in on it. And if you do it now, you'll get that discount on the Christmas gift you buy for yourself from the store there. Am I did I miss anything, Van?
0: No, Laurie awesome job as usual. But I do want to mention too, speaking of Christmas coming up, the good thing about being another, or another good thing about being a top hand member is that we are going to have specific items that are going to be custom built. They're going to be what we call specialty items that we'll be putting on the website from time to time. And I know for a fact, there's going to be some really cool stuff. And here's a hint for everyone. It's going to be made with wood, but there's going to be some really cool stuff that's going to be on the website available before Christmas. And Great Christmas ideas and great Christmas gifts that will be available exclusively to Top Hand members. Other people will be able to see it, but you won't be able to buy it unless you're a Top Hand member. So, really encourage everyone to uh, to to keep an eye out for those things as we put them on the website just in the next few days.
1: Yeah, so check that out at vanhargus.com and uh, learn all the information you need there. And again, if you have questions after you look at it, you can email info at com and they'll answer your questions. Anything else before we wrap up, Van?
0: I can't think of a thing, Laura. You know, just I want to encourage everybody to keep a great positive attitude. If you've got a choice to look at the cup, whether it be half full or half empty, just know that it's both, but it's up to you to decide which you choose. And um, until next time, this is Van Hargis. And remember, it's your ride, your trail, and it's your journey. So ride ever stride.